How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Haunted Cafe. My name is Amber, and thank you so much for joining me this evening. Um, grab a drink and a comfy chair, because we have a spooky tale to tell. Today, we have actually multiple tales to tell, because we are going to be diving into some of Reddit's creepiest stories, maybe, question mark, <laughs> um, because... I personally handpicked some of these. I also found some from BuzzFeed, but all in all, they came from Reddit. So, you know, and I just wanted to say that all of the stories that I'm going to be reading belong to their respective authors. Um, I don't take credit for any of them. They're not my work whatsoever. Uh, I'm pretty much just going to read them and kind of give my opinion on them, you know, not necessarily if it's true or fake. Just more like, I guess, what would I do in that situation? So, um, before we get into it, we're going to talk about the drink. So, today I am drinking pure oolong tea. Um, it's by Twinnings of London. <clears throat> I've had this tea before. Um, I picked it mostly because it's like 7.30 at night and it's not crazy strong. I don't think. It has a whole lot of caffeine. Yeah, it doesn't even say on this anyway. Might say it on the actual box, but. And the cup that I am drinking out of is a fancy Halloween theme mug. I guess if you want to call it that. Um, it's got like a wave pattern. It's really cool. And like you can kind of see the bat. Um, once I finish the tea, I'll try showing you if I remember at the end of the episode. Um, but yeah, so let's try it. <sighs> I mean, like I said, I've had this tea before. It's just really good. Like, it doesn't have, like, a heavy flavor or anything like that. It's, it's a nice, like, evening tea for when you want to re relax before bed. So, that's pretty much what I'm doing. I'm reading creepy stories right before bed. Not right before bed, but pretty close. <laughs> so, yeah. So, if you want if you want to try out that tea, like the exact one, you can find it on in the description box. Um, I basically post all of the teas and sometimes the cups and stuff like that that I use. So, if you want to help out the channel a little bit, go ahead and try buying, you know, some tea or a cup or, you know, whatever. So... Like I was saying, all of these stories come from Reddit. Um, some of them I found while going through, like, a BuzzFeed article. Um, so, some of them are kind of older. Like, some are from, like, 11 years ago. Some are as recent as, like, this year. Um, once again, I don't own any of it. I'm just reviewing them and commenting. Um, I will say that when this episode started, I was trying to find, like funeral parlor theme stories like you know creepy occurrences in a funeral parlor but that actually didn't go as well as I thought it would just because um there's actually not really that much stuff that goes on funeral parlors um at least according to the people that I talk to uh for the most part they say yeah it might be a little creepy but it's a pretty friendly f place so like I said, I did find a few, um, and I'm going to be reading it off of my phone, but for the most part, it's kind of just, like, afterlife stories, you know, just something a little creepy. So, let's get started. 
So number one is by Move Over M via Reddit. Uh, they said there aren't many options for in Atkinson for funeral homes, so almost everyone in town has been to all of them at some point in their lives for a service. I remember as a child sitting on a chair in the lobby of one of the more prominent funeral homes, bored out of my mind during a visitation of a distant relative. A kid I knew from school walks up and says hi, and we start to chat when something catches my eye. Far down the hallway, going into a closed-off area of the funeral home, I see the hands of an old man come around the corner and grasp onto the wall. Slowly, the old man peeks his head around the corner and just stares blank blankly down the hallway into the visitation room. I'm thoroughly re weirded out and look over at my friend who's staring down the hall, and he turns to me and says, What is he doing? When we both looked back, the man was gone. We didn't ever really speak about the, it again until 20 years later, when I got a call from my old friend out of the blue. He says, this is going to sound crazy, but do you remember the old man at the funeral home? I was a little hazy on it, but I did remember. He continues to say, well, I was just there and my daughter saw him. During the viewing for my Uncle Bill, she came over and asked my wife why the creepy man down the hallway was staring around the corner at Uncle Bill. There wasn't anyone there, man. I could hear the voice and I could hear the fear in his voice and I instantly got chills. I have been back to that funeral home many times now and I have not seen anything else. But I still get uneasy any time I walk past that hallway. And that's the end. Um, so, like, from my opinion, <laughs> uh, this sounds kind of like a residual haunting, if it is a haunting. Like, it sounds like it's someone that might have been, like, attached to the building or attached to maybe a specific person. Um, it could also just be a funeral director sticking his head around the corner. Like, just being like, hey, is everything going good? <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Um... But there is, like, 20 years in between sightings um, for the guy to still be around and kind of look the same. Um, it's kind of unlikely, but, you know, the guy considered him to be older as a kid. But, if we're being a little realistic here, um, <laughs> to a young kid... 30 is kind of like the new like 50 or 60 like I'm 27 but I'm sure if I look at like some five-year-old or six-year-old they'd be like you're old as hell <laughs> you know so it's like <clears throat> while this kid might have these kids might have seen like an older gentleman he could have been like 50 and then like 20 years later he's like 70 so I mean it's not unlikely but it's kind of unlikely like you know it, it depends um I still would be creeped out to see someone kind of like looking around the corner you know especially the fact that they saw it 20 years before and then the daughter sees it but it, it you know <clears throat> what would creep me out the most is if like as you're trying to like stop this guy and see like who he was if he just, like, takes off around the corner and then you chase him, and but he's gone and there's no way that he should be gone, that's when it would be freaky. But, I mean, kind of just peeking around the corner, it's spooky, but I don't know. Like, 
I guess it just depends on the situation. Like, they felt creeped out, so obviously there was some reason for them to be creeped out, you know? So, but just as, like, a logical, like, standpoint from an outsider, that guy could just be old. (laughs) Like, really old at this point now, so... So now moving on to number two, this is by Jamie Jacqueline Bordner, however you say that, via Facebook. This one is quick and to the point. Uh, I work at a funeral home in Ashland, Massachusetts, and one day my boss heard moaning coming from the prep room. When he went into the room, the woman was barely, but still, alive. And that's literally it. (laughs) Um, I'm not sure if this story is true, um... I do believe in, like, all things creepy, and I do know that that has happened, where, like, someone has gotten to the point of still being alive, but being at the funeral home, but there would just have to be a lot of (laughs) fuck-ups for, like, these, these teams, these medical teams, for it to get that far. Not saying that it doesn't happen, because it absolutely does, but, um, it sounds like a lot of people would have to fuck up to get to the point where someone who is still alive is sitting in a funeral home. Um, I do not have any medical knowledge, so I could be 100% wrong on that, but um, (laughs) I would like to think that there's, like, multiple people checking the pulse, um, multiple people making sure that, like, I don't know, she's not reacting to stimuli, but at the same time, if she's not and they do all these checks, like, there's not really much you, much else you can do, you know what I mean? Like, if they don't feel a pulse, she's not, like, reacting to, like, the pinching of the toes or, um, I think there's, like, the sternal rub. Like, if she's not reacting to any of that, there's not really anything else you can do. So, <clears throat> um, it does, like I said, it, it's a wild thing to happen. But can you imagine, like, having to call the family afterward and be like, um, hey, so you know your, um, wife or mom or daughter that you just, uh, sent to the funeral home? Well, she's alive. (laughs) Like, I'm pretty sure that would be, like, grounds to sue, like, the hospital. I I don't think the funeral home, because they're not responsible for that, that would definitely be, like, the hospital. Um... It it just, it's a really wild situation, but, um, so number three is by user Brides. um, this is from Reddit, and this was 11 years ago, uh, <clears throat> she says, I'm assuming she, cause K, <laughs> um, there was an elderly man who came in to pick out his own casket. He told my father that he was terminally ill and that he had about a month to live. The man was very easy to please, and he wanted a simple casket, a simple sermon, a few songs, and a few loved ones. He did, however, have one very strange request. He wanted to be buried with his cane on top of the casket. He explained to my dad that men in his family have died before him, that have died before him, all were buried with their cane outside of their casket. He made the joke that it was because he would need it when he woke up out of the casket and would go on a walk with Jesus. My father promised the man his wishes, 
and the man left half happy. Sure enough, about a, a month later, the gentleman passed, and his funeral went perfectly as planned. He had a sweet, simple service with about 20 close friends and family, and a few songs he picked out, and his daughter sang a song to him. That sounds really cute. Fast forward about an hour after the funeral and the and to the burial site. It was a nice little area with a handsome gravestone with an angel carved on it. My father had gave very strict instructions to the grave digger that after the casket was put in was put in the ground, the cane was to be placed on top, and then the dirt was to be added. The man said that he understood, and my father left left because he had to prepare for another funeral. The very next day, a man from the cemetery came to the funeral home, saying that he thinks someone left an item by the grave. It was the man's cane. My father was so upset because he gave very strict instructions to the grave digger about the placement of the cane and told him the importance of it to the man. My father was very distraught because he felt like he had failed the man's final wishes. <clears throat> My father took the cane to his office and was going to call the family and ask if they wanted to have it. And this is when it, it started. The cane was everywhere. The cane would show up in all different rooms around the funeral home. We would see it hanging on doorknobs, on chairs, leaning against walls, in the bathrooms, on my bed. We knew for a fact that the cane was haunted by the old man and he did not seem too pleased that he didn't have his cane in his grave. Besides the fact that the cane would show up un unannounced in random places, that was a treat compared to the other thing the cane did. It tapped. In the middle of the night, my sister and I, we shared a room and often a bed when we were scared, would hear it tapping on the ground as if it was being used, slowly assisting the ghostly figure to its final destination. <clears throat> Our room was right at the end of the hall, and we would hear... It walked past our door into the wall and then stop. Then the sound would start up again in another part of the house. My mom got so fed up with it one day that she locked it in the supply closet under the gym. There was only one key to that door and mama had it. We all went down to the supply closet and watched her put it in on the top shelf, shut off the light, close the door, lock it, and then wiggle the handle to make sure it was latched. We all saw it get locked into that closet. After that, we went upstairs to our house and enjoyed a nice family dinner and a movie. My dad always did a walkthrough right before bed, just double-checking that all the lights were out downstairs and that he had locked everything. What the fuck, my dad yelled, and we ran downstairs to see what happened. And the cane was hanging on the doorknob to his office. That's creepy as hell. <laughs> Um, if this story is true, which it, honestly, it's not, this doesn't sound like impossible to me, honestly. Um, those grave diggers, like, really made a poor old man, like, have to haunt, like, this funeral director. And it wasn't even his fault. Like, the funeral director gave specific instructions. Like, if I was that ghost, I probably would have went and hunt, like, haunted the grave digger and be like, you didn't put my cane in there. <laughs> Like, I, w I don't know, like, I wouldn't necessarily be upset with the funeral director, but at the same time, he is the one that was supposed to, like, take care, take care of everything, so. <clears throat> what sucks is that I don't think that they would actually, like, uncover the grave again, 
to just put this cane down because it costs so much money. Um, <clears throat> I wonder if they had just dug like a hole on top of the grave. Like not all the way down, but just like a foot or two deep. And then put this cane, buried it. Would that appease the ghost? I'm not sure. Um, <clears throat> but like at this point now, what do you do? Like you have this cane. I don't, the family obviously doesn't seem to want it. And even if they did give it to the family, like, now it's still haunted by the granddad. Like, it, it's sad. Like, just, just give him his cane. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and you're still giving, like, the family or the funeral director's family these paranormal experiences. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't know what the next step, you know, what the next step would be. Like, you know, it, huh. <laughs> It's like, what do you do? You know, do you try and bury it again? What if it doesn't work because he wasn't buried with it properly the first time? Like, there, there's no way of getting around, like, the haunting, I guess. So, the next one is from SpartanM00 on what Reddit. And it says, I was once working at a mortuary and had to pick go pick up a man from the medical examiner's office. When you do that, at least where I'm from, you get a, res a receipt when they release the body to you. The receipt has all of the personal belongings that are with the deceased. Um, when I brought the man back to the office, I opened up the body bag to make sure that all of his belongings were there and to double check the receipt. When I opened the bag, I was stunned to find that this dude looked almost exactly like me. He was my age, had similar tattoos in similar spots, had the same long hair that I do, and even had the same style of jewelry I was wearing. It took me so off guard that I stood there in ex existential crisis until the embalmer came in and was like, Hey, Spartan M00, how's it going? Ah, holy shit, that guy looks like you. It's the only case that I've had nightmares about that I'll be the one in the body bag with the deceased man being the one open me, opening me up. Yeah, that would, that would definitely fuck a person up. <laughs> like, um, maybe if the OP, like the original poster didn't really notice that the guy looked like him, it might not have been too of an issue. Um, but when you're sitting there and you're like checking all of this guy's like jewelry and maybe his wallet and like stuff like that, and you're noticing all these similarities, that's, creepy to like a crazy extent you know what I mean I personally couldn't imagine like doing that job and then opening up a body bag to see me that like gives me goosebumps and it kind of makes my chest hurt a little bit <clears throat> and it's it's crazy too with the tattoos now I mean depending on what the tattoos are like you know every not to be weird but like every girl most, like, typical girls have a butterfly tattoo somewhere. Like, I have one. It's for my mom, but I do have a butterfly tattoo. And then there's, like, the infinity tattoo, the uh, dream catcher tattoo. Like, depending on what kind of tattoos they are, like, if they're kind of, like, common, we'll call it, um, it's not really that crazy that this person had similar tattoos to the original poster but it's just crazy that they all seem to be in the exact same spots or close to the same spots and they're all like pretty similar um 
it would definitely feel like he stepped into an alternate reality. Like, it's almost as if he was watching himself being embalmed and, you know, or cremated. Like, even cremated would, <laughs> I feel like, would be worse. You're, like, watching practically your own body get burned, you know. Um, <clears throat> the original poster probably has superhuman strength now because he absorbed all the power of his do other doppelganger. <laughs> yeah, that was a dumb joke, but... And that what happens in, like, The Matrix or something like that. I've never seen The Matrix, so don't get mad at me, but... <laughs> um, and, like... When one person dies in one universe, all of the other yous get your power. So, you know, that that's probably what happened. Um, <clears throat> this next one is really short, like even shorter than the other one that we talked about. Um, but it really packs a punch. Like this is the one story that like after I finished this episode, it's the one story that like I kept honestly thinking about. Um, it reads, when my father worked at Adam Mortuary, there was one incident where the muscles contracted so that the head turned and looked at him through the little window. It was the only time he ever felt spooked working there, which if you don't know, I guess I should have done like a trigger warning with that. But if you don't know when bodies are getting cremated, obviously it's like crazy amount of heat, um, muscles in the body like contract and it you know it makes them either turn their head or bring their arm up or even maybe even sometimes like sit up I don't know if it goes that crazy but it, I'm I'm sure it's possible um or maybe twitch or something like that uh another person also said that corpses move when you cremate them people who don't know this get spooked a lot which I would definitely have. <laughs> um, I always wanted to be a, um, like a mortician. I always wanted to do that. I wanted to help people. But one, I don't think I could deal with like the blood and the, you know, the guts and stuff like that. Not being crude, but I just don't think I could deal with that. And like to actually know that like their bodies move and stuff like that in the cream, uh, what is it, a crematorium, like, that would freak me out, so, <laughs> no, thank you, uh, I put in my notes, I said, fuck that, I don't need to see real life mortuaries assistant, that would give me nightmares, and I said, no, 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 thank you, you can keep it, if someone's head turned to look at me when they're, when they're getting burned, but, like, I'm sorry, I'm sure as hell not letting you out, <laughs> like, if they were, like, help me, um, I'd quit my job right then and there. Uh, like I said, I always wanted to be a mortician and help people, but I couldn't do it. Um, I have a really weak stomach and now I have to worry about, I would have to worry about people like looking at me through the little window of the, um, the, the furnace or whatever. Uh, too creepy for me. I can't do that. <clears throat> so we have two more stories. Um, this next one is from Master Zero Jack. <clears throat> this one is, says, I'm a palliative care RN, meaning that they help people who have serious illnesses such as like cancer, 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 and their goal is to just kind of provide relief from any of the symptoms. Um, 
it pretty much means that, like, they have terminus cancer, like, they don't have a whole lot of time left, so they're just kind of, like, helping them cope until whatever happens, happens. Um, so this person is a, a nurse who didn't believe in any of this stuff until they became a nurse. Uh, patients often introduce me to deceased relatives around them or talk about people waiting or being in the room with them. This is an incredibly common experience and I see it happen more often than not. So basically, like, when they're on the brink of dying, um, they'll usually see, like, passed on family members that are, like, coming to visit and, like, waiting for them to pass or, um, helping them pass, you know, uh, which I've even, pretty sure I've even heard of, like, stories like that before. <clears throat> A lot of people know that they are going to die eminently or choose when to go, like, if they want to wait for a loved one, and I believe much is seen or heard that fo folks don't talk about during this time. I believe this because in our younger patients who aren't ready to go, there is often a high degree of anxiety, and many times I have been asked by the younger by a younger patient to help me. I'm going to die today, or something similar. Like, they have held on as long as they possibly could, and then something happens internally, or they see something around them which gives them a sense of knowing. Um, once upon a time, I was doing home hospice, and a younger guy in his 50s was dying of occupation-related lung cancer. Patient's 90-year-old father, brother, and extended family and friends came over about one, at about 1 a.m., and I left them and sat in the kitchen to give them privacy. <clears throat> As I'm in there, I hear a massive burst of wind chimes, which is which was kind of supernatural, as in they did not stop, just a massive burst that went on and on instead of trickling here and there like with the wind. A moment later, his daughter came in to tell me that he had passed away. I usually don't share my supernatural beliefs about death and dying with families, but I couldn't help but comment on the wind chimes later on. And his wife said, yeah, he collected wind chimes. That doesn't surprise me at all. And then turns on the back light to the back patio, showing me literally hundreds of chimes, which had been silent all night until he passed. Um, so basically, you know, she heard like this burst of wind chimes. And then it turns out that it's like one of his favorite things. Um, I actually really believe that story. Um, it kind of hits me hard with it. Um, <clears throat> I think it's really kind of sentimental and neat that the guy wanted to hear his favorite thing before he passed away. Um, he just wanted to hear his wind chimes one last time before, you know, he passed. Um, or it was kind of like an announcement to the nurse saying like, hey, um, I'm leaving, like, you know, just to let you know kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> and I think it's also kind of, like, a known thing that people start seeing loved ones that have already passed before they die. Um, a part of me wonders if it's kind of, like, a brain function that somehow, like, not tricks, but tricks, um, people into thinking that they're seeing their 
dead family members. Um, like if it isn't like a paranormal thing, um, maybe it's the fact that they're kind of thinking of their loved ones, um, who have passed and they're now like kind of picturing them waiting for them. Like it's, a uh, um, a delusion with like all the medicine and stuff that's probably going on. Um, I'm not trying to disprove any of this at all. Like, I think it's a really a beautiful and cool thing that <clears throat> a lot of people actually see family members and stuff before they go. Uh, it comforts a lot of people. Um, like, I've had my own paranormal experiences in general, so I would never, like, disagree with anybody, like, having an experience, but it's just, like, I'm just wondering if there are other reasons as to why these kind of things could happen, could possibly happen. Um, besides obvious in that it's ghosts coming to help a loved one cross. Um, <clears throat> the final story is by NNY is spooky, if that's how you say it. So, it says, I work overnights at an assisted living facility that mostly deals with dementia and Alzheimer's. When someone who's lived there for a while starts actively dying, it's like the, res the rest of the residents get restless. That's like a tongue twister right there. Rest of the residents get restless. <laughs> uh, like they know that death is pacing the halls. Often, the restless, restless residents will, one by one, start talking while they're in their rooms. I used to go in and check on them, ask them what they're saying and, or who they were talking to. They all respond, the little girl in the closet. I have closed closets. I have left small lights on for them. I have gotten one up and taken her into the living room with me, and still, she stared at the doorless linen closet in the hall and chattered away. Not always comprehensible. It only stops after the actively dying patient passes. <clears throat> so basically, like, this little girl is almost, like, comforting, maybe, people. Because they know, you know, um, maybe she's kind of like a guardian of everybody. Uh, it says a few residents who have passed started talking to the girl in the closet just days before they sharply decline and start dying. One of the more recent was in October. I'd go in at night to change her diaper and she'd be propped up on an arm in her bed chatting away to the girl. She smiled at me one time and pointed at the closet and said, oh, haven't you met her? She's such a lovely girl. See, this is my nephew I told you about. I said I'd be back later and didn't go back into the room for almost an hour until she was, like, asleep again. Um, <clears throat> part of me wonders, like, what was on the site before it turned into, like, an assisted living facility. Like, I'm wondering, I doubt it, but I'm wondering if something, like, tragic happened there. Um, and, like, that's why the little girl is stuck there. Or if she's just kind of, like an angel that it's coming in to kind of like calm the rest of the residents because I feel like <clears throat> especially in like an assistant living home where you know I'm sure patients can hear nurses talking and they can they kind of have this sense of like what's going on so like if they found out that another resident is close to dying I'm sure that's something that's like heavy on their minds 
and, you know, I'm sure it affects everybody's morale, like nurses, doctors, patients, um, everybody just kind of feels sad about, you know, the passing. So maybe this little girl is almost like just this bringer of peace during this time. I mean, some people seem to be scared of her because they want their closet doors closed, but others are kind of almost, like, embracing her. Like, oh, you know, let me talk to her. She seems nice. Um, so, she doesn't seem, like, bad or evil at all. She just kind of seems like she's there to comfort everybody. Um, and she seems to only come around when she needs to. Uh, it's honestly kind of cool, like, um... <clears throat> she just is only showing up when necessary. Uh, I wonder why she's there or when she started showing up there. Like, I feel like maybe, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what she represents. Like, is it just a little girl ghost that happened to die near there or just die in general? And she happens to just come to this assisted living facility to just kind of try and heal patients well not heal but like help them through a difficult time um hmm. yeah, I don't know so this was just like the tip of the iceberg for reddit stories obviously um let me know what you th thought of this episode and let me know if you want a par part two um <clears throat> Also, let me know what you thought about these ghost stories. Do you believe in any of them at all? Do you believe in ghosts at all? Um, just let me know what you want. Um, or what you think, what you want. Do you want a part two? Did you like this episode? Give me some something. Please. No. <laughs> so, if you have a story that you want me to talk about on the podcast, you can email me at thehauntedcafe at gmail.com. Um, I'll check it. If I get enough from, like, viewers, maybe I'll do a Tea Tales Part 2. Uh, that's an episode from, like, a while ago where I actually read some uh, fan-submitted stories. And it was really fun. I enjoyed it. Um... But yeah, so before we go, make sure that you follow us on Facebook, TikTok, Spotify, Twitter, YouTube, all over the place. And uh, yeah, thank you for watching and we'll see you next time. almost forgot I wanted to show you the bat. So it's kind of like faded, but this cup is from Michael's. So just in case, you know, you liked it. I'll try leaving a link. I don't even know if I can find it. But yeah, so it's bats. <laughs> See ya.